and they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. It's ridiculous that they do. That was a huge calling. Well, we didn't miss it. You know, the typical rah, 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 zip, boom, bye, boom. You don't cuss. You don't drink. So what are your vices? I have been known to, uh, to chew a bit of tobacco when I get a little tired or watching film. Hey, I'm Cole Joe. I just love my Hummer. I have my Hummer. You need a Hummer. Tell them about it, Jojo. They've won the biggest championship, and that's a championship of life. Gas control. Everybody just do your job. You understand that? Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing good, Shane. We finally had some football this weekend. I mean, that was incredible, wasn't it? I mean, watching these spring games, first quarter, I'm fired up. I'm jacked up. I'm doing push-ups. I'm doing jumping jacks. (laughs) By the third quarter, I'm ready for them to end. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because uh, I recorded all of them, uh, you know, so that I could tried to watch all of them. I couldn't find the Arkansas game. The Arkansas wasn't on on my TV, but I, I did find some stuff on YouTube to, to you know, kind of do a little bit more research on it. But what was crazy is I'm watching all these videos, and then all of a sudden I get all these texts about that awful call. And, you know, they're talking – I had no <laughs> idea basketball was on. It wouldn't even – it didn't even cross my mind. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm all football, man, and, and I love spring games, even though it's just a – uh, it's a teaser, but I, I love just seeing some of these kids out there. Yeah, so what we wanted to do on this one, we're still going to have our midweek podcast where we go around the league, but this podcast is going to focus exclusively on the spring games from Saturday, and we're just going to go in order that they occurred, starting with South Carolina, Shane. Major takeaways from the Gamecock spring game. Uh, how about you go first, and then uh, I've got a list of notes here. Okay, uh, a couple of things. Um, this was the first one, obviously, I watched as well. I don't know. I, I think Bentley looked good. I think he looked – I mean, he looked like Bentley. And obviously, I wanted to see how these backup quarterbacks are gelling because I really think that there may be a little bit of a quarterback controversy down there. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this. Just my first thought is this receiving core is legit. They didn't even have all their pieces out there, but I really think that whoever is manning that offense is got some serious weapons around them. I know it sucks that Devo's not there, but – uh, they, you know, is it shy and Edward Edwards didn't get to play, but you know, uh, even that Jurek kid, did you see him? Oh yeah. Uh, Jurek. I just, I thought he was fantastic. And you know, this is a kid that's a, a backup quarterback looking for a role and the coaches were really excited. He's got uh, excellent speed, made a long touchdown, you know, so I was excited about that. Um, another thing that really stood out to me was uh, that freshman running back. Um, oh, God, what's his name? He looked like, uh, a, looked like a little Maurice Jones-Drew type back. Yeah, you know what well, I mean? They made, busting yeah. people. They made mention of it, Kevin Harris. And when I saw it, I was like, dude, this is a grown-ass man. I mean, high schoolers were trying to tackle him last year. You know, could you imagine? Uh, I, I love how low he is to the ground, and he's just a wrecking ball out there. So there was a lot of good things that I saw um, and on the defensive front, I thought they did a great job a couple of times. I think they, I think they got some serious talent up there on the defensive line. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Jay Urich, Shane, because 
you know, I think in years past that would not really been that big of a deal where you got a quarterback who he's looking at the depth chart. He's obviously not going to get any reps over Jake Bentley. And now the Gamecocks look like they have two promising young freshmen ahead of him. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, that's just an automatic transfer. But it seems like in Will Muschamp's program, of course, you know, it's not across the board, but at least we're seeing a Jay Ulrich, a guy that is going to stay a quarterback, but he knows he's a reserve. I'm going to move out to receiver. I'm one of the fastest players on the team. I'll make an impact that way. We saw that in the spring game. I mean, he looked incredible. He looked like, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's Debo Samuel. Obviously, he's not. But yeah. he, he may be able to fit just running the go route that Debo ran last year. So what South Carolina is going to have to do, they're going to have to replace Debo with a couple of players. So mm-hmm. get a player that can do this, a player that can do that, a player that can do this, and maybe you can make up for what Debo lost. So they may be getting that from Jay Eric. I thought that was pretty, you know, that was electric. I didn't see that coming. Uh, but the first thing when the game kicked off that kind of, I just did a double take, Shane. Uh, middle linebacker Aldrick Thompson in a non-contact jersey. I had never seen a middle linebacker in a non-contact <laughs> jersey. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" But well, yeah, it's a spring game, I guess. But yeah, I just I don't think I'd ever seen that. Uh, Jake Bentley, I was fired up to see. You know, he was talking about a lot of the the tempo. Of course, we didn't really get to see a lot of that. The progression yeah. of you know that's that's the one thing I I think they're really holding back on the tempo because that's what I was excited to see. Uh, they did move food, uh, move food. They did move fast when they were up there on the line, but it just seems like from play to play, there was a, there was a little bit of a lag. And I guess that's something you, you can expect at spring ball. And, and real quick on that jerk, you know, he reminds me of is that Taysom Hill from, uh, the saints, mm-hmm. you know, he's, uh, he's got that quarterback role, but he plays a little bit of everything. So I, I like what they're doing with him. And then of course, a big story there and. Columbia, the backup quarterback competition, who's going to win that job? Uh, to carry on Joyner, I was eager to see how he looked because all we heard this spring was the progress he made. I don't think he really showed that at the beginning. I mean, they kind of ran him around. Of course, he did have blazing speed, but then there in the second half, maybe a little bit of the second quarter, he really started to flash his arm talent. I think he's taken a big step there. And I put this out on Twitter pretty confident saying this. I'm not saying that he's Connor Shaw, but I'm saying I think this is the first time I've seen South Carolina offense to where they've had a quarterback of that talent of just being able to, uh, you know, utilize his legs as a weapon and his arm. And in this system, I think that's obviously the ideal situation is, is someone that can uh, go if they're going to go tempo, they want a quarterback yeah. that can run and throw. And that leads me to believe that he may have a little leg up on the competition. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think so. But I will tell you, Helensky had some some beautiful passes, dude. I mean, uh, he showed flashes of why he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I liked – I didn't love – I liked all three of these quarterbacks. They did some things that I, you know, that were very impressive, but they did some things that were kind of not as impressive, you know. And and nobody really stood like nobody stood out to me like like that's the guy, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it makes me wonder just how divided that fan base is, you know. The problem I see though is I've seen this at universities all over the SEC and. You've got a guy that's seasoned, that's been around for a long time, but you've also got a fan base 
that is itching to see some young talent. And we don't know how good that talent is. And and I'm just curious it, it, if one of these guys that are backing up Bentley is going to be the starting quarterback. And, I, you know, I don't want to create the controversy or anything like that, but it just seems like if I'm a South Carolina fan, I've got to be thinking it. I want Helensky to work. You know, I want Joyner to work. I'd love to see Bentley come out and look impressive and just blow me away and not even be a, a competition. But every time that Bentley makes a mistake, it's going to be like, when are we going to put the young guys in, you know? Well, Shane, you know the old saying, if you listen to the fans, you would be sitting <laughs> with them soon enough. <laughs> That's true. I don't think Muschamp's going to make that decision. I mean, these guys are going to have to go far, in my opinion, in the offseason to – to get to that point because they hell they didn't even play Jake Bentley they played him I think two series in the first half and the second half and Mm -hmm. I think that's just how confident they are in him he didn't look great but he just didn't really have much to show so you know we can't really judge it off that (laughs) yeah yeah, that was weird wasn't it (laughs) I didn't see that one I was like boy he threw that one out (laughs) but you did mention Halinski he he surely passed the eye test immediately. He th- he completed his first eight passes, and, I mean, he just had people salivating on Twitter. And I think the rest of the day he didn't look as good. I mean, he, he looked fine. He he is what you think he is of an elite quarterback. You know, he didn't yeah. come out there, and it didn't look too big for him. I did notice, though, there was a particular fourth down where they put the ball in his hands and they blitzed, and he just looked – like he couldn't handle it. So imagine yeah. in the SEC, he's still got to come around to that. It certainly has plenty of time to, to get there. But that was just a note of mine because I think, you know, for all of Jake Bentley's flaws, he's going to stick in there and he's going to make the throw on a, when a guy's blitzing him on fourth down. And I didn't see that yeah. from Helinski. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway, while the quarterbacks are obviously the, the thing everyone wants to talk about, I thought the defensive line looked really good, and that was a weakness of South Carolina last year. Kingsley mm-hmm. Inogbe, uh, I mean, he was just consistently beating the offensive line. I don't know if that's that's worrisome there for the, the tackles, but he looks to be that pass-rushing threat South Carolina's been missing. Yeah. Uh, J- Joseph Anderson, the true freshman early enrollee, I thought he looked really good. And the, the other, the five-star enrollee, Zach Pickens, didn't see a ton from him. But just the fact that they got him, and he may be coming around a little bit slow. But like I said, he's got you know six months to get to get going here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the direction there of the defensive line they got at South Carolina. Oh, without a doubt, man. I thought that was great, and and the pressure that those boys created because Muschamp talked about after this game, you know, they didn't really dial up a lot of blitzes. You know, hell, the middle linebacker had a no contact jersey on. So, but the pressure those those that front four was able to put on the on the quarterback. I just thought that was impressive, man. And then finally, you know, the big moment of the spring, they called out Parker White right before the first half. He nailed a field goal, and they they announced they were putting him on scholarship. <laughs> My question to you, Shane, if he shanked the hell out of that one, was he still getting on scholarship? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the clip? Do you have the clip that Muschamp said about him? Yeah, let's jump to that. So here's Muschamp. Well, we've got a couple clips here. He's going to talk about his his quarterbacks, specifically his backup quarterbacks, uh, his defensive line, which I touched on there, and then finally on giving Parker White that scholarship he deserved. 
did you see from Dakarian and Ryan today and any separation between those two guys? Well, I, again, we'd li I'd like to watch the tape first, but my biggest thing just sitting in my, from my standpoint was we didn't have any procedure issues. We didn't have any communication issues. Um, you know, we, we threw a good bit at them, brought up some corner pressure at times. They were right in their reads and the site at times, and I think at the receiver position we were off at times, uh, not, not on the same page. When you're playing that many guys, sometimes it's hard to get into a rhythm, but I thought both guys just, uh, you know, managed our offense well. I thought uh, both of them showed some really good things. Coach, just talk about the defensive line. Uh, fans in particular, I'm sure, are going to want to know about Pickens, but, but any of them really, what stood out to you? Well, the, the, he the most gratifying thing to me is to see big bodies that are good athletes running in and out in a bunch of them. And at the end of the day, we haven't had that. We haven't had as much depth and, com and, and quality depth that we have now. But I think all those guys, are, especially the young guys, you take Zach and, and Rodriguez Fenton on the edge and uh, Joe Anderson on the edge, uh, are going to be really good players for us. And uh, the, the game starts to continue to slow down. You could see that as spring went on. Each practice, they started improving more and more and more. Uh, Ricky Sandage had a really good spring. J.J. Ambari had a fantastic spring. Uh, it's two guys that, you know, as true freshmen, probably should have been redshirted and put in the weight room and lifted and, and uh, hardened up, you know, for their, for their redshirt freshman year. But they played. And, we, and now we're going to benefit from, from going through that. And both of those guys had really good springs. But Surprise, Parker White at halftime. What was that moment like for you? And can you talk about sort of the decision leading up to that? Right. Well, it was an easy decision. He's won two games for us going out there to kick the final kick of the game. And uh, a guy that's really, you know, went through a very, you know, up and down first year uh, and fought through that and really needed to clean up some things mechanically, which he did in the offseason. And he had a fantastic year for us last year. Uh, and, I, and just did, just did a really nice job for us. So, you know, I was a walk-on. I, I never forget the day that I was awarded a scholarship walking off the practice field there at Sanford Stadium when Coach Goff told me I was on scholarship. And anytime you're able to reward, you know, a walk-on that's come in and, and earned his opportunities and earned the scholarship. And this young man earned his scholarship. We didn't even name him the starting kicker two years ago. And he continued to fight. He continued to, to battle. He continued to work on his craft. And, and has just been a, a really good, you know, dependable guy for us. He didn't start out real well in the first half. He's one of three. I told him at halftime. I pulled the scholarship. I'm, I'm kidding. All right, Shay, that was good <laughs> stuff there from Muschev. I, I think South Carolina fans got to appreciate that. He said he went one for three. I was thinking about pulling that scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What I mean, kickers are so mental, you know, and it just seems like you're just messing with his psyche with comments like this and, you know, putting that pressure on him. But, you know, he, he did win some golf, uh, ball games for him last year. So uh, I, I'm, I love these. I love when a walk-on gets a scholarship. Uh, I just think, you know, those kids are there. They're paying for school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and on top of that, they're, they're busting their ass for their team and and to get that scholarship man i can't i can't imagine how great that feels yes yeah, so we actually have comments here from parker white i think this is the first time we've ever cut to kickers comments shane uh <laughs> let's cut to the new scholarship player there on the gamecocks parker you look surprised at halftime did you have any inkling that it was coming um yeah i, I had a suspicion i had talked with uh with hutzer before and he kind of let me know that at some point they were thinking about using their last remaining one on me and um, I wasn't sure if it was going to be in practice or in the summer and fall camp. I had no clue when it was going to be. But um, going out there for that last one-minute kick, I, I had a feeling it, it could be. But, um, you know, I, I tried not to overthink it and just kind of just kick the ball and hopefully that it happens. Parker, the fact that they um, told you that you were on scholarship during the spring game, they had a nice video of you 
Uh, does that make it even more special because it was done today? Uh, yes, sir. It was definitely great. First of all, about the scholarship, I definitely want to thank God and um, all my coaches and my family for kind of allowing it to happen. And uh, specifically, my parents and grandparents for helping pay through school um, just so I could be here until or until now. Um, but yeah, ha having my parents come out on the field and all my teammates kind of around me and stuff like that was definitely really special and in front of the best fans in the country. So based on what he was saying there, Shane, it sounds like he knew that scholarship offer was probably coming. And maybe that's why he had some jitters, like you were saying. Uh, thankfully, he hit that one right before the half. That's what I'm thinking. Probably had a, his, probably his family knew, and then all of a sudden he's like seeing cousins he ain't seen in a while sitting up in the stands. <laughs> he knew something was going to happen today, so uh, I'm proud of him, man. A final clip here we have from South Carolina. I just thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, to carry on Joyner talking about his growth. This is obviously his second spring there in Columbia, and you know they've been saying it all camp that you know he was kind of swimming last year he didn't really get any chance to show what he can do it looks like a different player this year so and he kind of admits that himself Nikarian where are you as a player right now as opposed to this time last year <laughs> I think um first and foremost I'm, I'm a I'm a more comfortable player you know um I got my I got my head in the playbook you know um I got on film I really doubt in until until what coach was trying to teach me you know and um um, I think this time, this year compared to last year, I'm more coachable than ever. I think I'm more coachable than I've ever been. You know, I have great coaches around me, and um, I appreciate all my coaches and all my teammates. I mean, I thought this was pretty interesting. A guy you don't hear that often, I don't think, but I think quarterbacks obviously a little bit more cerebral of a of position, but mm -hmm. kind of admitting how far he had to go, and he's still got room to go. But he, at le I think the fact that he's made this these strides, I mean, think about what he'll do next year. Yeah, no, I, I, the quarterback situation in South Carolina, you got to be feeling pretty good about it, you know, as long as one of them doesn't transfer out or something. But uh, I, ju I just think that they're all going to have opportunities to play this season. I think somebody like Joyner, you know, he's already got his red shirt, so I, don't be surprised if you see him in a few games, even if Bentley's the guy, you know, just to, to make that RPO just a little bit more – uh, effective, you know. I, I really think that he's going to get some play in time regardless. All right, Shane, so let's move on to the second spring game there from Saturday. Let's jump on down to Baton Rouge. Go Tigers. Man, Shane, LSU. <laughs> I'll let you I'll let you go first, but uh, I've got some pretty interesting comments here. What did you think of the Tigers from Saturday? Well, I tell you, man, I, t I did not watch all spring games start to finish except for one, and it was this one. I was just blown away by the performance of the LSU Tigers. Uh, I mean, I, I was excited. I wanted to see the the five wide there at uh, LSU and Coach O, just how he would react. I just, I just was ready for the entire game experience, and not only did they look great, I mean, they were efficient. Uh, those receivers, man, I, you talk about probably – I would say Alabama's got some great receivers, but I'm telling you, man, I think I think LSU's like 1B. Uh, they have got some studs out there, and they're going to need them. I mean, with all those guys out there, I just – I was impressed. I think that little running back, I can't say his name because he's got 10 names, but uh, <laughs> I think he's going to be, man. He's I, I, I'm just blown away, man. I, he's, he's I'm not saying he's a Heisman candidate. But I think he will be mentioned, especially as much as they used him during this spring game. He mm -hmm. he's, he looks like a little Darren Sproles-esque 
kind of kind of running back, very good with his hands. Uh, he was able to run that, and it wasn't just him. Curry looked like a beast. You saw him kill that guy, uh, midfield. So, I mean, they've got some, and they've even got a, what's his name? Emery coming in. I, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious how that running back is, you know, how is it going to look this time, you know, in, in fall? I've just, I don't know, man. I'm just excited. I thought that, def- uh, defense, I was a little worried. The defense started out bad. So I was like, is the offense just that good? Is the offensive line that good? So I said a lot of words to say this, Mike. What <laughs> impressed me? Burrow, Miles Brennan looked phenomenal. I think he may be the best backup quarterback in the league right now that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, honestly, that kid could start on about eight other teams, I believe. Uh, looked real good. Um, a couple of things that stood out. Stingley is, I mean, learn that name quick because this kid is going to be a total stud um he'll i think he'll be wearing the number seven one year just that's how impressed i am with this guy not i mean he had the interception but there was a couple of coverages uh that he was doing on the on the outside these aren't easy wide receivers to cover so the wide receivers look good stood out to me oh uh big guy up front uh eco eco what'd you say his name is again i can't say Abba Ika is mm-hmm. the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's going to take up three blocks. I I love I love what they have up front. I mean, they've got two nose guards right now that are probably top three in the league. That's just how impressed I am with the the defensive front. They started out slow, but they they came around there at the end and and was getting a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. Yeah, I'll tell you, Shane. My my initial impression when I when this game started. I was like, okay, they're showing off that they can actually go four wide now, that they can spread the field. I was like, this will last a series or two, and it lasted the whole damn game. I mean, it was it was a wide-open offense. I hope to see this in the fall because LSU mm-hmm. needs something. My only concern with it, Shane, is you, know, you don't want to lose that physicality. You don't want to wear out your defense by going too fast. So these are things that – I'm sure LSU is considering and concerned about. I don't know if concern is the right word, but you have to factor that in because I think a big part of why their defense is so good is because they had an offense that kind of ground up the clock. Mm-hmm. But obviously that was not working against the marquee teams in the SEC for the most part. So understanding why they have to go to this. And the biggest takeaway I think from this game was, you know, we've always known that LSU's had receivers, but – Mm-hmm. Now that they're actually using them, we see them out there. I mean, you're right. They've got some big guys, physical, fast. Uh, and when they're throwing out four or five, and then they, it looks like they can throw out four or five behind them. So yeah, they're that, deep, man. That's kind of the thing that stood out to me. We didn't realize how many damn receivers they got because they they never used them before. So <laughs> I don't know if these guys live up to the hype. This is going to get interesting here in the SEC West because just imagine if LSU is able to score, you know, 13, 14 more points per game. Yeah. That this is going to be a dangerous, dangerous team. Uh, Of course, you hit on it there, Derek Stingley. He's lived up to the hype. And Mm -hmm. during spring camp, there was a clip I wanted to include on one of our shows, but I just couldn't get good audio of it. So sorry about that, but I'll I'll just recap. It was from Coach O, and he was talking about 
the fact that not only has this guy come in and basically locked down a starting corner role, but he is without a doubt going to be their punt returner. And he was just saying this guy is special. If you think he's special as a corner, just wait till you see him as a returner. Uh, he cannot be tackled. So, um, I mean, we're talking potential All-American as a returner. I, I think that's kind of the expectation there for Derek Stingley. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he lived up to it for me. You, once again, you hit on Abu Aka, uh, Apu Aka. I mean, God, I mean, he was making a damn play. It just seemed like every other every other series, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And But I will tell you, if that offense goes three and out, he may not be coming in the next series. That That's a big old boy. I think Coach is getting on to him about losing some weight. And I think he – I mean, that's saying something when you can lose – 40 pounds and still be the biggest guy on your team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this dude is a giant. <laughs> and then the, the main thing that I was, I wouldn't say disappointed. I guess maybe I should have been expecting it, but we've been hearing all about this RPO, this RPO, that we didn't see any of it. We're going to cut to it a, a clip of coach O here. He, he says they deliberately held that back. So I guess that's to be expected, but I really wanted to see it. Uh, but you know, I was thinking in the back of my mind, if they're throwing it like this, this may be the first time in history that I can recall that LSU is going to use the pass to set up the run. They're basically mm-hmm. doing a 180 from what they've done for 20 years, you know. So, um, I mean, I, that's probably going to be the plan. And based on what some of the defenders are saying there from practice, I think it's going to work. Uh, so let's just jump to this Coach O. Uh, he's got quite a bit here. He He's going to talk about uh, – let's, let's just cut to his offensive comments first, talking about the tempo and, and his issues with running this offense. Yeah, I liked it. You know, but there's going to be some better tempo, you know, where we'll be going for it on four down. There's going to be some hurry up. We did no hurry up today. Most of it was just look overs. But uh, that's something that in camp in the heat of August that we're going to work on very much on, on trying to tire the defense down. So I, I thought it was interesting also, Shane, that he talked about withholding some of the, the looks the offense is going to bring because they know this is all televised. But then mm-hmm. uh, the key there, I think, like I was noting, the tempo and making sure that they still have that physical power. Uh, yeah. It's good to see that they're they're concerned with that because that is an issue that a lot of these spread teams have. What are your thoughts? Do you think there's any concern of LSU losing that kind of physicality by going to this offense? Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a time when it's third or it's it's let's say they're on the three yard line and they're in shotgun. Trust me, I mean I've been <laughs> on the receiving end of that, and it's frustrating, especially for a, a team like LSU that's been such a uh, a power hungry team. You know, just a power eye. I'm just curious what kind of situations we're going to be looking at in the red zone mm-hmm. um you know you but, but if you're going to be if you're going to stay true to the saints top offense you're going to have that you're going to have four wide you're going to have the shotgun on the one yard line uh you know and it's going to be frustrating if you don't get points out of it um the one thing i think i think coach o is a little different than let's just say like a butch jones or something like that I think if they get in, I think there's going to be some, some, you know, some Powerball steal. I still don't be surprised if they come out and, and do some I formation and huddles. I just think that they want to be different on offense. They want to be un, 
you know, they, they want to catch teams off guard. And I think something like that would be something they would do against teams that like a uh, Texas A&M or an Alabama, you know, or Florida or something like that. So mm-hmm. we're going to see some pretty cool stuff from this offense. All right. And then now let's jump to coach O once again. And these are his comments on Derek Stingley. I mean, he's hyping this guy up even more than we are. It's what we saw all spring. Man. The guy came in, was phenomenal. Uh, practice with us before the bowl game. Uh, he just came in from day one and was able to compete at a starting position. Uh, the play he made on that ball, he made those plays every Saturday. I think he's going to be an excellent player, and you see him returning punch for us. I think he's going to make a difference there. He's different. You know, his dad's a coach. Uh, he's very well coached at Dunham High School. He's big, strong, and he's fast. He's unusual. You know, he's a great offensive player. He has great ball skills, great awareness. Uh, the guy's a phenomenal athlete. But he still has some things to, to, to get better at. Uh, there were two scrimmages ago that Jamar Chase kind of got the best of. So, but today he was ready to go. All right, Shane, I'll tell you a little interesting story about this guy real quick that I'm sure you didn't know. But you know, this is nation's number one cornerback. And mm-hmm. I think he was down to Alabama, LSU. I mean, it was always LSU. for the, He's a Baton Rouge kid. But apparently Nick Saban t- went to him, I guess, during practice or something and said, you know, you're a fantastic defensive back. And I think he could sense that LSU was in the lead. And he was like, if you come to Alabama, you could start at receiver too. And he, I, apparently he told him no. But <laughs> if Nick Saban's telling a guy he could start both ways, I mean, that just tells you how impressive this guy is. And, uh, I mean, I, I hope he has three outstanding years here in Baton Rouge because I, th- I think he will. And I hope that they do put him on offense. It's been a while since we've seen – uh, like a Champ Bailey or somebody, you know, just playing both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love, I just, I, the kid has a motor and if he was like glue on these receivers sometimes, you know, and, you know, he did point out that he is young and he, you know, uh, earlier in the spring, you know, there were some times the receivers got the better of him, but I'm telling you, the more he grows and he's got some great mentors down there, um, this is probably one of the best defensive players you've seen since the Honey Badger, man, down there. All right, final thing, Shane, before we move on from LSU. I don't even know why this question was asked. We'll ne- our vow to you is to never get political on this podcast. We're not about to do it now. But the final question Coach O faced, he was asked why he's supporting a Democrat Louisiana, and Coach O's response is, it's fucking awesome. I'll tell you something. I love Louisiana. See you guys. <laughs> he should, the only thing missing there was go Tigers. <laughs> go Tigers. He said it on the way to the locker room. I thought this was awesome because you sent me the notes and uh, on this uh, presser, and I was like, and the last thing I saw was about this political thing, and I was like, Oh, hell no, we ain't going to talk politics on, you know, this is all college football. But then when I heard Coach O say it, I was like, that's perfect. (laughs) Nailed it. That's why we love you, Coach O. (laughs) All right, Shane, let's jump down to Oxford. Where Ole Miss obviously had their spring game and, you know, major takeaways. What were your major takeaways from this one? Oh, my. (laughs) To go from LSU to Ole Miss. I think there were some pieces in there. Uh, I really liked Matt. I thought he, I thought he was efficient. I, you know, he didn't, he didn't. Uh, I didn't think he was the greatest quarterback in the SEC yesterday, but I thought he was good. 
mm-hmm. enough. Um, I really like the slot receivers. You know, it's 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 going to look totally. If you haven't seen this offense, it's going to be night and day from last year. You know, to have people like Brown and uh, what's his name, the what's that other stud's name? DK Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf. You know, it's to go from that to not and uh, what's the other kid's name? Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. You know, to go from those two to those two, it, it, they're they're totally different receivers. They're fast. They're I mean, they got great hands. They had they were efficient. Um, I did like that, uh, but I wasn't. I don't know. There was some concerns, Mike. Uh, one of the concerns was that offensive front. You know, there was a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, the defense looked really good there at the start of the game. You know, they kind of broke down a little bit later as it went. But mm-hmm. uh, all in all, it ended up on a good note. I don't know. I didn't watch it, but I saw a highlight of the uh, the last play of the game was a two-point conversion intercepted for a touchdown. So I thought that was cool. <laughs> Everybody celebrating. So it looks like they had a good time. It's just, I don't know. The I think they... I think they've got some work to do, Mike. Yeah, and the saving grace could be quarterback Matt Corral because he really did look good to me. I mean, he yeah. looks like he's prepared to be an SEC quarterback. So that they got that. That's maybe all yeah. they got. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Snoop Connor, the freshman running back, that was a name I was not familiar with. He looked really good. But then again, is it that he's good or is the tackling and the linebacker play just poor? Right. Because that was a my main takeaway from the defense was just the tackling was pretty atrocious. You know, you mentioned it there, Elijah Moore. I thought he looked he looked like the real deal, but the only thing is I didn't realize how small he is. Can, yeah. can you be a number one receiver if you're – I mean, he's listed there at like 5'9", 170-something pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't know if that's going to cut it. I mean, if if now this is a guy, keep in mind that was committed to Georgia and he switched on signing day, so this is a very good player. He flashed last year. He may be ready for it. You know, some of these elite players, it doesn't matter what their size is, but you kind of hit on it there. You're losing AJ Brown. You're losing Metcalf. You're losing Tayamo. You're losing Dawson Knox, who a lot of people think could be the yeah. first tight end taken. You're losing uh, Greg Little, the left tackle, and they weren't even that good with all those guys. So Mm-mm. I don't know. This is this is troubling to me, and this is uh, you know I've say it time and time again. I do think they made a, upgrades here with both coordinator hires, but it's all about the players for me. Um, and one thing I thought was pretty comical during the spring game, I'd never seen this. Of course, it is a spring game, but the offensive and defensive coordinator sit in the press box. They were sitting right next to each other, so they could clearly hear what each other were calling. I, I just thought that was really <laughs> Like, you've got to at least put a wall between them or something, you know. Um, but I did read, I just wanted to make this quick note. Anyone that has an athletic uh, subscription, uh, Antonio Mor- Morales wrote a really, really good article on Matt Luke and how he went about getting – uh, Rich Rod and Mike McIntyre to come to o- Oxford to be his coordinators. That's a really great read. And my main takeaway just from that column, I don't want to spoil it if, if you do plan on reading it, but just basically those two guys have been at the top of this profession and not that long ago, 
They've both been humbled, and now they're mm-hmm. entering a position that's that's kind of the same. The players have been humbled, so they're they're both using that as motivation. And there's it sounds like that that's kind of working already there in Oxford. Uh, but so let's jump to Rich Rod here in the post game. I thought that was the most interesting comments of all the coaches. Uh, Matt Luke was really kind of bland, but Rich Rod did not hold back with his disappointment. Uh, he basically said these guys are going to have have to have the summer of their life to be competitive. Yeah, overall, the whole spring, today wasn't uh, pretty, but overall in the spring, we put a lot in, a lot more than I thought, and they handled it pretty well. Um, Certainly, um, you know, we got a long way to go in every position. I mean, there's there's no question. the, The inexperience sometimes shows up, so you have to teach both the fundamentals and a new scheme, and that makes it a little bit more difficult, but... They're working hard. It's this will be the most important summer for most of these guys that they've ever had, and it's a really important summer for our staff as well. And we got a great strength staff. This is going to be a, a really, really important summer for them just to get our guys in the type of shape they need to do to play in this offense. Because right now we're not in it. Tyler, yeah, he's just a kid. You know, the reason he showed up today is because he showed up in the spring because he's so competitive. I mean, he's he's a, he's a good athlete. He plays really hard. And we got him in a couple different positions. We got other guys that got to play a couple positions. We got a bunch of freshmen coming in, and some of them got to play. We're still looking for guys that are going to come in the summer to compete because we're, you know, we're we're young, but we're not going to be deep either. And we need to be a whole lot deeper. And unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever the case may be, it's going to be with some new faces. But the guys we have, if they make a commitment to having the best summer of their competitive lives as far as getting ready, and and do what our strength coaches will have them do then we'll be a better football team in August. If not, it, 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 it's, we won't be better. But I, I, I think we will. In fact, I know we will. Our guys will work hard. And our defense will work hard. Our specialists will work hard. And we'll be a lot better team in three months. What are Matt Corral? Yeah, Matt's had a good spring today. Probably wasn't his sharpest day, but um, it's important to Matt. The one thing about Matt is he makes a mistake. He knows right away. He wants to get it corrected. And, and uh, Matt's, Matt, he's going to be a redshirt freshman. He's going to be the leader of that unit. It comes inherently with that position, but Matt also has the personality handed. But we, you know, he's got a long way to go too. And uh, but I'm, I feel really good about Matt and and his his buy-in, his his skill set, and what he can do. We just we just got to continue to develop everybody on the side of the ball. All right, Shane. I I just thought this was oh. pretty wild because you got Matt Luke. You know, he wasn't trashing anyone, but he wasn't praising anyone. He was right in the middle of the road. And this is good when you see Rich Rod is a former head coach, and he just put his damn unit on blast here, I thought. <laughs> well, you remember last week we were talking about how uplifting Luke was and how great the team's looking, and then you get, like, the total opposite when Rich comes out. Like, <laughs> damn, if these boys are going to make it, they're going to have to put some weight on. You know, it's like – and he's – Right, they have got some small guys on that field, and it's it, it doesn't stand out as much because they're going against each other, you know. So I, I, they are going to have they're going to have a lot of young people. I was, I wish we could have saw Scotty play, but you know he was held out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have loved to seen him out there. There was, I mean, they didn't obviously have all their pieces. They didn't show all their offense and, uh, uh, but they do, they do got a lot of work ahead of them and you could just tell it in Rich's voice, man. Yeah. They're, they're too small. They're out of shape. That not good. <laughs> and the one thing they kept saying on the broadcast, well, you know, they're getting about eight or nine linemen here in a couple of weeks. And it's just, <laughs> that's a nice way of saying they don't have the talent now. 
and I don't think offense and defense alignment are going to mature in six months. So this is kind of why I've been so down on Ole Miss. I'm, I'm hoping Matt Corral can prove me wrong and just kind of elevate this team, but uh, they've got a long way to go there in Oxford. Yeah, and you can't you can't rely on freshmen coming in to to you know anchor down your offensive line either. No. They can help with depth, but I mean they still, I mean they're they're kids. They're just right out of high school, man. All right, Shane. Last spring game here. Let's jump to Fayetteville. Woo pig. Where Arkansas they had a spring game that they made it difficult for everyone to find. <laughs> Fortunately, mm. I was able to find it, so I'll lead here on my notes here. <laughs> uh, just the main thing. This came out the. You know, right out the gates, obviously you're looking at quarterback play. Ben Hicks looked all right, but it's kind of what I expected there. Just not very accurate down the field. That's something they're not going to get until Nick Starkle comes. And then John Stephen Jones, bless his heart, he just did, he just does not look like an SEC quarterback at this point. And you, mm-hmm. you kind of see why arkansas had to bring in two graduate transfers because they got nothing else i mean connor nolan i know is playing baseball but he's if he's missing the spring to to pitch and apparently he's an outstanding pitcher for one of the best teams in the country so certainly not holding that against him but with him gone (laughs) stepping away (laughs) i mean they just have nothing under center aside from ben hicks at this time nick starkle obviously coming in uh they they really you know they really need starkle to come in there and provide a spark i thought because this this offense was kind of listless the defense dominated the day the defense had an edge to him i like that you know the, the one spark on offense here trey knox and I, i'm taking some yeah. shit, shit from tennessee fans for for touting this guy up for quite a while but i mean good. He, he's the best receiver on the team and i don't even think it's close at this point yeah you obviously don't want that of a true freshman that often but that's that's the reality <laughs> of the situation and they're in arkansas right now and it looks like they got a really good one uh, and I don't know if you really <laughs> – I'm going to try to send you this clip, Shane, because I think you would have loved it. They ran a screen play. Uh, they threw it to the running back. He didn't catch it. He batted it up in the air, and the damn center caught it. So <laughs> <laughs> I did see it. <laughs> I did see it. I mean, old, old lineman needs some love there too, you know? Oh, I tell you what, man. Speaking of old line, they are in bad shape, Mike. I mean, just absolute bad shape. I don't know if the defense – I could I could tell you right now – I can see why they had that damn belt every day because that offense, especially up front, had no answer for the defense. So I don't know if the defense is that good. The offensive line is that bad, you know. So those are a couple of things that stood out to me when I'm watching this game. Um, I did like Knox. I thought he had some real potential. And and, and Ben, Ben had flashes. I'm not ready to close the door on him just yet. Uh, I am a little bit more interested in Nick the further we go, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but some of the plays he did, you know, if kind of like when he was back down there at Houston, you know, he found Sutton and they just kept feeding him. So maybe him and Knox can can develop that chemistry. And um, I'm not saying that, like I said, Ben's going to be the future because I tell you what, I saw a lot of. A lot of tweets coming from Nick in the gang mm-hmm. right after this uh, spring game. Yeah, final thing I got before we jump to Chad Morris' clips here. I hate that they do these wild scoring systems that are like that don't make any sense, and you yeah. you, ha- you have to hold the sheet in front of you to understand the rules. Because I mean, I I know it's not that big of a deal, but I don't know. I don't. I think it's 
you're, you're just making it more complicated than it has to be, and no one understands what the hell's going on when you're at the game. I didn't understand mm-hmm. it watching the game, and they're sitting there explaining the rules to me. So not, I've never been a fan <laughs> of that. So I don't know. I, I hope they move on from that next year. But uh, let's jump here to Chad Morris talking about his freshmen and his quarterbacks here from what he saw in the spring game. Well, first of all, yes. I, I believe these young men that have, have stepped on campus here are um, – uh, depends on what kind of summer they have, but we're anticipating them uh, being ready to go for the fall. Um, you know, you saw Eric Gregory. I mean, I know you talk about Devin Bush, and, but Eric Gregory made, made a huge um, sack right here toward the end against Dalton Wagner. Um, I mean, that, that, was, that, was, that was good to see from Eric's standpoint. Devin Bush, uh, you know, responded. Devin's been consistent all spring. Um, Greg Brooks is another one that's been consistent, but uh, I've been very pleased. Mattile Soley is a guy that, uh, uh, as, as much like Trey, has came in and he's he's gained 22 pounds since he's been here, um, and has has made the di- made made the best of the amount of reps that he's gotten this spring. So all these guys, you know, bring 12 guys in, and uh, I think if you ask these guys right now, they would definitely say that they are excited that they got here early. Yeah, I think as a spring, you know, those guys got better. I think Ben's leadership and energy uh, throughout the not just the quarterback room, but the entire football team. I think that uh, that is that has really helped this football team. Um, I know that there's been a lot of competition with um, offense versus defense and awarding a belt, and um, and to be able to see those guys all compete and be able to interact. Um, I think that those, if you talk to the defensive players, they probably talk a lot about Ben and the respect that he's gained by coming in here and going to work. I think the next thing that he's really provided was really taking that quarterback room and improving the guys that are in it. I think you saw John Steven having a really good spring, and, um, you know, he and Ben have really meshed well. And, um, you know, Jack Lindsay's another one that, that has done some really good things for us, and Dalton as well. So I think just having Ben here and the knowledge of what we're asking and what we want and what the culture is, is about – has helped our entire football team. All right, Shane. So, we, I mean, we kind of led with it already, but it looks like this is going to be a team that's going to be heavily reliant on freshmen. And that's probably, yeah. a, that's probably a good thing because they signed such a great freshman class. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's – whereas at Ole Miss, we're kind of down on them. That's kind of why I'm high on Arkansas because they are going to be playing a lot of young guys. But if, if you know, the majority of these guys hit, uh, this is going to be an interesting team next season, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but I, I just don't think they're going to be competitive um, I, because they're just too young, and I just I don't see it happening. The defense did look better, um, but again, I don't know if that's because the offense didn't. Um, you know, one thing that he was talking about was Ben was trying to win this team over, and, and uh, I put out a few clips of Ben during the spring, and you could tell he's really trying to, to get in with those players and uh, – you know, take advantage of that head start before Nick comes in. Um, mm-hmm. So, may, but I still think we're going to have a little bit of a con- uh, quarterback controversy uh, next season because I'm not as a firm believer anymore. Um, I'm not ready to shut the door on them, like I said. But uh, I think uh, uh, an off season with these guys, you know, they still practice routes and things like that. I think that's efficient. But I wanted to ask you a question: um, transfers. Mm-hmm. He's not there. So is um, is he still at Texas A and M right now doing classes and stuff? Or that's my understanding. Yeah, and I, th- I think he's about to wrap that up. 
Okay, so I, because I was always under the pressure, like once you decide you're going to transfer, you transfer, you just get out there. So a lot of these kids have to, which makes sense. I mean, it is college, so they got to finish their semesters and stuff like that. But I thought maybe he could have came over in like December or something, you know, right before spring semester started or something. It just, I didn't understand the transfer. I didn't well realize. The, the, I think the the specific issue on this one is he has not yet graduated. Uh-huh. And to be eligible immediately, he has to graduate and get that degree. Oh, so, okay. so he's finishing up. And I think he may even, as strange as this sounds, I think he may move to Fayetteville and do some online classes at Texas A&M to wrap it up. I think that's the latest I heard, but I just was not going to be able to do that in time for spring football. So I think that's why it's just kind of like, He's still at A&M. He's not training with the team. He's not yeah. doing spring practice at A&M. And they, they fully support him because I think just what a team guy he was last year after losing the job. And, I mean, they don't. I've not heard any bad words about him there at College Station, even though they're going to be facing him twice, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I heard Bentley talking about it the other day. A lot of these guys will meet in the summertime mm-hmm. and have the receivers run routes and things like that. They'll do it two or three times and pick it up. Uh, get more progressive the the further they go along but i'm just curious if you know i know he's focused on school and stuff but can he have zero contact i mean even if it's an involuntary workout what can they say i mean if he's out there and these guys are running routes and stuff i i mean i just i'm just curious i I mean he's he's allowed to do that but okay i just meant that uh you know jimbo's not having him go through drills because yeah. because for one they don't want to take away from one of their other quarterbacks and I think Starkle is in the same boat where like you know he doesn't want to break his leg at Texas A&M practice and then what's Arkansas oh, wait, wait. wait time out for a second so he is still doing spring practice and everything no no I'm, that's what oh, I'm saying okay. he's not I, it's not like they told him you know get the hell out of here but <laughs> I right. think they just made a mutual decision I'm not going to be here next year so I'm not going to come out for spring you know I got you. So, but what I'm saying is, if Starkle moves up, let's say he moves up in June, mm-hmm. uh, here in two months, he's wrapping up, he's doing some stuff online, he's in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can still, can he still participate in involuntary workouts with the players, or does he have to wait to August to oh, get I see, enrolled? I see what you're saying at Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, no, he can do all that, but uh, I just don't think he can be on scholarship. So, you know he's not going to be going to class, and he's. I don't. I don't know if they can feed him. I know it's kind of weird stuff like that, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know the hundred percent the specifics of that, but I would imagine that uh, you know they can just train with him and stuff like that. But I. But I don't think they can a- afford him things that other scholarship players can. I got you. I got you. I was just curious. I was just wondering how far behind he's going to be when he comes in. Uh, but it seems like they'll they'll probably work something out where he can interact with the team a little bit. Well, that's certainly the biggest feather in Ben Hicks's hat. You know, he's got the yeah. system completely down. So, like you said, we're not trying to bury him. He he very well could be the starter, and mm-hmm. he's only been there a couple weeks. So he's got a long <laughs> summer too. He can progress as well, and that that's certainly going to be probably one of the more interesting quarterback competitions here come the fall camp. Yeah, for sure. All right, Shane, so we're just wrapping up all the spring games. Like I said, we're going to get to some other news. We have Nick Saban calling out one of his former players, and his former player came out and came back at Nick Saban. 
that's a little tease for the next one, but we got we got some fireworks to go on the next one. You keep my name out of your mouth, boy. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. But we'll talk about that on the next one. You got anything before we hop off here, Shane? No, that's it, man. I appreciate all y'all hanging out with us. And like I said, like he said, we'll be back on tomorrow. So we'll see you then. All right, Shane. Thanks for joining me as always. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. <laughs>